Another weekly episode of that tattoo show. I am your friendly neighborhood tattoo artist, Chris, <laughs> with my sidekick, web slinger, tat slinger, ink slinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't call them guns, kids. Guns don't kill people. Rappers and, do. Uh, yeah, as always, I'm here with Paul. Um, a fly came in from outside. <laughs> Sounds like you landed on my leg. So like, as I, you're talking, I just I'm thought to you were having a, a, like an ADHD moment. To be honest with you, I thought you just no, decided to do some dusting. No, that is actually slightly under control. And I'm discovered something this week, and uh, it's going to push me to go for the diagnosis because life changing moment. Somebody give me some ADHD medication to try out, and it is um, it, it's very strange. Like <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm literally like is this what everybody else feels like because I could be so f- productive like yeah you know I mean yeah you know it's it's a like, it's a weird one isn't it you, I guess you learn coping mechanisms as you go along because you know we're both from generations yeah. when uh, certainly mental health and stuff like that w- wasn't particularly dealt with or even talked about and yeah. to, you know so I guess we're generations of people that have had to learn coping mechanisms regardless and then to suddenly find yourself medicated and well, I'm, I'm, going, I'm, oh that's that's all it took yeah. then, was it you know but that that's the mad thing because i think there's a rise in adhd diagnosis or diagnoses i guess is uh, the correct term and i wonder if adhd as a symptom you know as a as an ailment if you like or a, or something you know uh, is it part of the modern living thing it's like the world's just getting too fast for our little monkey brains and we're starting to just struggle with all the screens and the input well, and you know and all of that you know chris yo what's in the news mate so first thing that i've noticed in the news is that sacred ink is now been launched and it has now been released. So Adam Everett, Ooh. who was the creator of Fusion Inc., has come out with his own brand of ink called Sacred Ink. At the moment, that is only available in the US, and hopefully we'll be able to bring that into Europe later on and in the UK, but you'll likely have to come up with different formulas. Yeah. Another ink bit of news as well is Electric Ink, I have found out, are looking at coming over to Europe with some Reach Ink. It looks like they've had stuff already kind of like okayed by the CTR labs and everything. So fingers crossed, because they actually make, a, I've always found like they make a really, really nice ink and they are a manufacturer. They make everything in-house. So that's that's some good news. Um, there are a couple of bits and bobs, but I, I actually, I've had, to do, I've had a bit of a hectic week, so I haven't been able to write down all the news because my dog nearly died last week. Oh. Yeah, my daughter, my, my lovely daughter, Obviously, she's five. She doesn't know that you can't. Hang on, hang on. Dog. Is he all right now? He is all right. He is all right now. But my lovely daughter um, did not realise you cannot feed dogs chocolate. No. And she was eating an Easter egg. <laughs> she fed him half an, half an Easter egg, and I think he got into like a box of chocolate fingers as well when we weren't looking. So he started like you know the whole vomiting, diarrhea, and uh, there was a couple of trips to the vets, which was rather rather costly. Um, fortunately, we had, you know, it wasn't that expensive. Costs that you, you haven't budgeted for, let's say. I've got a bit of news. 
Well, it's non-news actually. So I just want to have, I just want to have a not really a moan, but it's just another, <laughs> another piece of uh, uni lad oh. non-content. You know, like that. Like, whenever whenever we get sent headlines from uni lad, it's oh, like that fucking dad. Oh, yeah, Kurt Von D gets black. Her tattoo's black though because <laughs> she's getting sued. No, she's fucking not. She is not getting her tattoos blacked out because she's being sued. <laughs> she's getting her tattoos blacked out because she wants to get fucking blackout tattoos. She's getting sued because she used somebody else's photograph. Oh my god, uni lad, you're fucking terrible. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, Chris has just ranted exactly what I was about to say about it. The, the headline the headline goes, Kat Von D covers herself in black tattoo work after being sued in first-of-its-kind lawsuit. Uh, it goes on, the headline sort of suggests that because she's being sued, she's covering up a load of tattoos. It then has to go on in the article much further down to say that it's actually not the tattoo that she's being sued for and these are just tattoos of her own that she doesn't like. She's yeah. just getting a blackout tattoo. It's got nothing to do with the lawsuit or anything. It's actually non-content and shit journalism. This is a comment on last week's episode about conventions. Uh, the Josephine123456 says, a conversation lasts longer than a business card. That's a bloody good point. Unless, unless the business unless card... Unless the business card is a toilet roll. Unless the business card is made of metal, therefore it will last for a very long time and the person you're speaking to has dementia. The point they're making... Don't get offended, anybody. That, uh, I, was, I was talking last week that, you know, you can sit there tattooing with your head down, with your business cards out, people take them, but if you actually take the time to yeah. speak to clients who are waiting... Who, who want to speak to you, then that can be much more useful. And they're basically, you know, agreeing with me and going, conversations last longer than business cards. Belinda Tattoos 7038 says, I'm definitely one of those people that walk past again and again super awkwardly. Yeah, me too, Belinda. Uh, even grabbing stickers from booths is awkward and I'll only pick them up if no one is looking. Just so you know... All of those stickers out in those booths, generally, they're all free, so you are allowed to take one. Nobody's going to tell you off for taking one or two stickers. What she goes on to say is, I love the idea of different rooms, areas for each style, maybe even an apprentice area. Now, I think that would be great. When I mean, we, we kind of talked about that, you know, like uh, the, the kind of, you but know, have a load of people who've only just started tattooing in a room. The, the kind of people that wouldn't traditionally get invited to the convention, but it gives them an opportunity hmm. to to be in the convention and be tattooing and get their, you know, kind of get their feet wet a little bit, understanding it in a safer environment. I think that'd be quite... I'd, See, I'd I, I, quite I cool. take a completely different look on that. Like, an apprentice area in a tattoo convention, what I think would be cool is if you had a... As an apprentice area, you get a load of studios that take their apprentices to... You have one area set up in a tattoo convention, right? But there are specific artists there that will mentor them over the weekend. So That's like a, a great seminar. idea. That's a really good idea. You, you have like three or four so hand-picked like artists who will just walk around the room teaching them for that yeah. weekend. That'd but be then, really cool. Yeah, so they they, they 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 take somebody with them. They're not tattooing the public. They take somebody with them to, to do the tattoo. And while they're tattooing, there are you know, seasoned artists that are walking around, you know, talking to them, giving them advice. You know, I, trademarked, fucking thought of here first. <laughs> yeah, if you use the idea, you got to give us a couple of quid. So Gabe from uh, Paradise Tattoo Gathering messaged me after last week's episode, and he was saying, Tattoo Tour and Q&A is awesome. At Paradise, we call it Tattoo in a Fishbowl. Uh, sometimes they have them in a seminar room, uh, sometimes on stage. 
we once had an apprentice do their fourth tattoo with Guy Aitchison looking over their shoulder, right? Which I think is a really cool idea. So if you're in the States or if you're thinking of visiting Paradise, uh, I did forget to mention this. They've got a lot of education focus at Paradise. And this seems to be something that a lot of people since last week's episode have commented. And a lot of the, what seems to be something, and I'm telling, I'm saying this, for the benefit of any convention organisers out there that might be watching this, there seems to be a real hunger for educational content within the tattoo conventions. I think the I think the time is right to start adding that sort of stuff because a lot of people have messaged and kind of. Do you said know? What that. I think it is. I think there needs to be more for tattoo artists. Like the way tattoo conventions or a lot of tattoo conventions are set up now is. You just it's, it's it's like working in your shop. You 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 pay for a booth, you you go there, you set it up. You know you're paying for your hotel and all that bollocks. You literally just spend all weekend tattooing to make money to cover the costs. So somebody else makes money for putting the show on. But as a show itself, a lot of the tattoo conventions that are around now. I've always said this, they all become complacent. They do the same thing year in, year out. They don't put anything new on. There's very rarely anything there for the artists. It's like we are the people that attract the public to your shows, right? Yet you don't cater them for us. So why aren't you catering for us? Why isn't there a artist-specific lounge in every single convention that has food for us? Because the, the amount of money we pay for a booth you'd expect to have somewhere where we're looked after or people coming around to us, bringing us drinks yeah. while we're working. Because at the end of the day, we are the people that are bringing the punters I in. I get that. But you know that I've got a really good mate who organises shows, right? In the same way that everything's gone up for us. I understand that. The cost of putting on a show has also gone through the roof. Like the all of that shell scheme that, we, that you're sitting in, you know, uh, you know, a single plug socket will cost. Yeah, you I understand that, quid. but but and 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 this way I will say, but it doesn't cost that much to go to fucking Booker's, right? Buy a shitload of pot noodles, you know, just munch. At the end of the day, yeah, we don't want yeah. a fucking you know five star meal. It's yeah. just when you're tattooing, it would be cool to be like, right? I just want to go to a room where I'm not having to queue up for fucking ages to pay like you know. 10 quid for a burger. I can just grab a pot noodle and a chocolate bar, quickly munch it, have five minutes quiet, or even, right, a separate yeah. area just to go for a piss. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, what I'm saying is, like, you are paying a lot of money to work the show. It would be cool if they were catered towards us. So, yes, having things like our own breakout areas, but at the same time, having seminars that are orientated towards tattoo artists or apprentices and things like that. So, so this was Pepe Loves Art Tattoo, and he commented uh, on the conventions uh, tile that we put up. I've seen tattoo conventions in South America that would put Europe, US to shame. So it depends on what is defined as a convention. Some guys sitting in a building tattooing is old school. The new wave of conventions are upon us. I want to see tattoo conventions like they are doing in Colombia. So I asked the question, what are they doing in Colombia? Snorting lots of cocaine. <laughs> the, the answer came back. It's not about what they're doing. It's about why they're doing it. And I went, okay, Ooh. so why are they doing it? A, a big disclaimer here. I was then asked to go and take a look at some videos from Colombian tattoo conventions so I watched a few on YouTube, but they're all in Spanish. And my Spanish is not great. So excuse me if I've got completely the wrong end of this stick because there were no subtitles. So I had to just watch it a couple of times and try and gather as much information as I could. 
right? What it would appear to be, Chris, is um, because I thought, you know, because I watched it and went, there's a load of people just sitting in a building just like an English convention or just like an American convention. Where's the difference? And then I watched it a few times. What I think, and I'm not 100% certain, but um, what they are is not uh, like our conventions where you go and have a client. These are educational events. So the whole convention is education. So you go there and tattoo, and there, there are people walking. From the look of it, now, like I say, it's not in my native language, so I might have got the wrong end of the stick with this. But there was a lot of stuff going on outside and stuff like outdoor art stuff. So it would appear to me that they're putting on in Colombia um, co- conventions that you can go to and get the information, like what people do here and ask us questions on this, you know, via YouTube. Well, Colombian artists can go to this convention and there's people yeah. there to go, you know, oh, you, you're using the wrong needle or that's not the, the way you make the ink work that way or you've got the wrong tattoo machine and stuff like that. I think, because like I say, it was all in Spanish and my Spanish is, is a bit shit, to be fair, but I think that's what's happening. And I thought that was interesting because to have a complete educational event, um, I thought was a really, I mean, I've thought about this a few times and I've actually spoke to a few artists about this that I think that there is room now for certainly in the UK and I would imagine definitely in America, Paradise Tattoo Gathering is quite close to it already. Um, But I think there is room, certainly here, for an educational tattoo event that's just about, you know, learning to tattoo and getting information from artists. I'm not sure how that would work. I'm not sure how the finances of that would work. But I think it. I think there seems to be, from all the comments that I'm at, I've had from all of the various channels that you can get hold of us on, it would appear to be that there's a lot of people out there that would be really behind an educational tattoo event. So if you are an event organiser, maybe you should start looking into it. This week, we are discussing finances and how to manage your finances as a tattoo artist. So if you're new into the tattoo industry, Paul suggested it, and I thought it was a really good idea because like, I've learned a lot of Paul over the past 12 months, uh, past two years, sorry. Um, I think I've implemented certain things, you know, just generally as the way he, like from the way he runs his business. So I've implemented a lot of stuff. But there are also stuff, you know, things that we do differently. Do you know what I mean? And we thought we could have a chat with you about As it. I've said before on the show, I've taught about four tattooists over the years. And um, whereas they don't struggle with the learning to tattoo bit, uh, quite often one of the, the things that they, uh, they all struggle with in the initial phases is when they go from their apprenticeship phase to, right, now you've got to become a self-employed artist and there's a, a massive, I think, learning curve. And I also think that it's it's very intimidating for them uh, when all of a sudden you realise that you've got no holiday pay, no sick pay, nobody's going to pay you this month if you don't show up to work. Uh, basically, if you don't work, you just don't get paid. That's just how it works. And Yep, um, the joys of self-employed. Yeah, the joys of being self-employed. So I've been... Self-employed since I was about 18, 17 or 18 years old. So I've been self-employed more than I've been employed. Uh, so it's become quite, just quite normal to me, um, that sort of stuff. I, I think I'm the same. I think I've been self-employed since I was maybe 23, yeah. something you like know, that. So a good while for both of us, like, you know. So we thought what we do is round up a few tips that you can do. So... Now you might be going. I haven't been tattooing for two years. What are you? You know, what are you? What are you talking about? And 
so the, the first thing to get used to is that you are now the master of your destiny and you're also the architect of all the disasters in your life. So uh, there's there's no one to blame, you know. In uh, one of my first offices that I had, I had a, a big sign on the wall uh, behind my computer that said, get up, no one is coming to help you. Um, and that was to remind me that everything was on me, I'd got to do it for myself, you know, and that's the only way it was going to work. And um, as scary as that might sound to some of you, particularly the, the younger ones amongst you, um, I... I I think it's if you put a few things in place and you and you operate uh, or you get into good habits early on, then I think you'll be okay and you'll be safe. Now, I, I think the reason for having this conversation at at this time is that, uh, you know, the world's suffering an economic downturn, partly from the pandemic, partly from the war in the Ukraine. And, you know, it's affecting everybody. Uh, talking to people at the convention, cost of living has gone through the roof because of the cost of, Everything has got become more know, expensive. Another thing as well. Obviously, this is at the moment specific to Wales, but maybe specific to England. We are going to have to pay every three years now four separate license fees. Yeah, lots of extra costs, and extra costs are always um, they're always worrying. It makes it difficult if your business takes a dip. Yeah, uh, and talking to lots of tattoo artists at the at the Brighton convention a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of people going. You know, a lot of that was the com- was kind of the commentary that was going on is, you know, are you busy? You know, how are you finding the footfall in the, the studio? So that made me think that a lot of people are, are worried about that at the moment. Uh, I think it's natural that we've just got through Christmas. Traditionally, tattooing has a dip in the first few months of the year anyway. So if you don't know that, be prepared for that. January, February generally are quiet times in the the tattoo world definitely walking artists would would find that quiet depending on the type of tattoo tattoo artist you are will vary on like you know how busy you are in in you know the different seasons so one of the things that i did to combat that very early on was uh become appointment only so i don't take walk-ins i take appointments uh it's much easier to figure out your schedule if you know what appointments you've got uh it's much easier to budget that way if you know that you know you've got a year's worth of appointments You know, you know, you can you might lose a few as you go along, but you know, because life happens for some people. Sometimes, you know, the washing machine blows up or the clutch goes on the car and they can't afford the tattoo. Yeah. Um, but generally, that's that's worked out pretty well. I think if you're if you're sitting doing the walk-ins in a shop, you're going to feel it more than anybody else because you know if people are tightening their belts and saving their money, then the first thing that's going to go is that thirty, forty, fifty quid tattoo that's going to go. I think if you're into you know, thousand pound a day tattoos, that money's not as affected because those people uh, are probably not on zero hours contracts and a little safer in their employment. I think being a walking artist as well, mind, the you get you have the added anxiety as a walking artist. I I remember when I was like first starting tattooing and I was like, you know, only doing walk-ins, couldn't take bookings and stuff like that. Um and to be fair, like booking only, no, appointment only studios weren't massive back then no when i first started you didn't have many appointment only studios so you'd you'd literally you would wake up you'd go to work and some days you'd make like 50 quid because nobody walked in and then you're like out of that 50 quid you have to pay for whatever get to work your food so at the end of the day you walk away with fuck all and out that 50 quid you might have to you know and this is back when 
I'm talking about like you do one tattoo for 50 quid, right? And out of that 50 quid, you've got to give 50% of it, pay for your travel, pay for your fucking lunch. So you've literally gone to work for free. And the anxiety of that, I just, is, is oh, fucking horrible. Like I couldn't ever do that again. My first piece of advice would be as quickly as you can, save yourself uh, some safety money. Right, put together a safety amount. Now, you might be thinking that's impossible, Paul. I'm only just about making ends meet, right? So if you can't do it right now, bear this in mind. And when, you know, when things pick up a little bit more and you're making more money than you need, then start putting that money away. Don't spend it on, you know, fancy new tattoo machines or... um, Lamborghinis. Get to one side and call that your kind of winter months money, if you like, you know. And um, for the longest time now, I've had five grand sitting around that's never touched. It's just in case the clutch goes on the car or the washing machine breaks down or there's unforeseeable bills. It's like we got, we arrived at that figure uh, years ago when me and Karen were younger and we decided anything above five grand, which is an arbitrary figure, right? Anything above five grand, we'd flee the country anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we just decided if five grand won't fix it, we'll just leg it, you know what I mean? Just leg it. Um, like- just leg it, you know. Uh, run away if you're not in the UK, leg it, you know, it's a, an old canal boat in term. So one one thing I, I think if I could give my younger self some advice, yeah, and this is something that I'm doing now, uh, is you need to, every self-employed person, newly self-employed person, because everybody who's a seasoned self-employed person will know this, but a certain percentage of every single penny you make is not yours. It belongs yes. to the government. It's tax. Yes, you have a, a, a an annual allowance, depending on where you are in the world. It varies, but a certain percentage of that is the government's. Now, in the UK, you can do this. I don't know about other places, but what I've started doing and what I would highly recommend is when you've got your week's earnings, take out the percentage that is for the taxman and voluntarily pay that to the taxman. Yeah. I always used to stress out at the end of the year where I haven't saved up enough money and so on. And sometimes when you're young and you like buying gadgets and stuff, you tend to be like, ah, whatever, it'll happen. I'll pay for it when I go to pay for it. My trade of thought now is I would rather the tax man owe me money than me owe them money. Because at the end of that year, once you do your taxes, they may end up giving you a tax rebate. The advice I give to my apprentices is... Uh, when you set up your current accounts or your checking accounts, I think is uh, what it's called elsewhere in the world. Um, also, with the bank, set up a savings account. And every time you bank the money, uh, bank put 20% of the money that you bank. Once it's got in the bank, take 20% of it and put that straight into a savings account and leave that. You know, Now, that can operate as two things. It can operate as emergency money if you really need to touch it. Um, it's also, it's not going to gain you any interest at the moment, but it can in, in better times. Um, but but also it means that, yeah. you know, you'll have to check where you are in the world. But like personal tax for self-employed people is usually about 28%, right? But if you bank 20, or if you save 20% of everything that you earn, it's very unlikely that you'll need all of that money because that's, not allowing for your tax-free allowance. It's not allowing for any of the supplies that you've had to buy. So you, nine times out of ten, you'll have your tax bill completely covered and you'll have a little bit of extra money at the end of the year that you can leave there 
and use that to building up your, you know, your kind of safety net, if you, if you like, you know what I mean? Paul's way is for people who are responsible. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you've got, uh, this, is the, this is the truth. You've got to become responsible because what you've got to get used to is you are now responsible for all of this. Nobody is responsible for any of this but you. Yes. You know, you'll hear me talk about this with running a shop. You know, yes, I am the CEO of a limited company and all that sort of stuff. I'm also the guy that fixes the toilet or at least phones the guy that's going to fix the toilet. You know what I mean? Like it, the buck literally stops with, with me all the time. Like, like Paul, sort it out, you know, and that's, that's just the way it works. It's just, it's just how it is. So the, yeah. the, the reason for having that bit of money behind you is that it takes away, like what Chris was talking about, the anxiety of um, of of going, how am I going to pay my rent next month? How am I going to do that? If you know that you've got a couple of months worth of money sitting somewhere that if you don't earn anything for some reason, you know, you're riding into work, you get knocked off your bicycle and, you know, you break your leg, you can't get into work or you break your wrist and you can't hold your tattoo machine. We can't. You can't plan for yeah, that. You I've know got I mean? um, so it's better to have some some cash knocking. I've got about, I've got you know? another. This this is just advice from my personal experience with tattooing, because obviously a lot of the shops that I've worked in over the years have never really given me receipts for the money that I've given to them. It was always a case of like years or percentage. Yep. So I think like in the current uh, climate and uh, in, in modern times as well, uh, I definitely think that anybody working in a studio, if they pay in a studio a percentage then that studio, or they should be at least making sure that that studio is giving them a receipt for that percentage because that always works in their favour when they're doing their books because they can show that they're earning a higher amount yeah. and they can show that they've got more outgoings, which in the long term, I think when you want to look at buying houses and so on, it benefits you there, doesn't it? Where you're earning more money. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Because you you're earning it, but you've got to pay it out. But if you're not getting a receipt for it, you can't say that you've earned that amount of money. Otherwise, you're going to get fucked. So make sure you get receipts. Definitely. Definitely. Now, my other piece of advice, uh, and this would be for studio owners as well as uh, self-employed tattooists, as soon as you can possibly afford it, get yourself private healthcare. Um, because you're, if you get injured and you can't work, it will dramatically affect your life very, very quickly. Uh, now, your private health care is tax deductible, so it's coming off your tax bill anyway. So you should be able to um, take that out. As, uh, you should be looking into taking that out as soon as possible so that you can, um, you know, we have the NHS in this country, uh, I don't, and I, I don't think that's true of all countries. Uh, so... Uh, Private healthcare is um, is not generally seen as something that people really look at getting, but I think it's really important. I really do think it's an, an important thing for us. You've got to look after your health because if you're not healthy, you can't work, and if you can't work, your your life will fall apart really quickly. So, um, I've you know it's the the best investment I've made to be honest with you. It just I, I had um, an injury years ago, and it was. Um, it, it made it so I had a hernia, so it made it so it was almost impossible to sit and tattoo. It was really uncomfortable. And on the NHS, who are you know a, who are a public healthcare service in the UK, um, unfortunately because they're so stretched and so underfunded, um, I was never going to get an operation unless it was life threatening. But I couldn't. But I couldn't work. You know, uh, so I phoned a private 
uh, clinic and got booked in for the, literally the following Wednesday, you know, uh, paid my money and got operated on and a few weeks later I was back at work. So um, now if, if I'd have had to work, you know, I mean, until such a point that, you know, it was life-threatening and I could get an operation, I might still have that hernia. And it wouldn't, it would make it almost impossible to work, you know. So think about private healthcare. You may live in a country where private healthcare is is absolutely you've got to have it. So, you know, um, but I think everybody should look into that. And my my final piece of advice, uh, certainly early on when you're and this is for self-employed uh, tattooists particularly in the early part of your career when you're not making too much money, what I would do is I would get yourself on some kind of business course or, you know, some kind of accountancy course so that you understand how accounting is done and how to Mm. make up your own books, right? So that you've got a good working knowledge of how to claim for the things you're allowed to claim for, how to, you know, how to make up your documents correctly for your local government to, you know, to file your taxes and everything. Um, But once you've got a good working knowledge of it and you know how it's working, uh, as as quickly as you can and as soon as you can afford it, get yourself a good account. Oh, 100% agree. They will save you every year more than what they charge you. And because I'm a big fan of paying specialists to do specialist things, right? And these guys are money superheroes. So what you want to do is, you know, get yourself a good accountant. Um, If you're in the UK, then uh, my accountancy firm in Henley uh, are really good. I'll put a link to them in the description. So if you're looking for a good accountant, particularly in the Midlands, uh, they're they're really good. And now that they've been dealing with me for 10 (laughs) years, they know how the tattoo industry works and the random stuff that we put through our books. Happy days. So they're fine. But um, we do, you know, we we save a lot of money because we've got a professional accountancy firm that make life a lot easier. And again, it takes an enormous anxiety away. You know, I mean, accounting in this country is done uh, for the end of January. That's the the tax year runs April to April. It might be different in your country, but it means that generally people are having awful Januaries trying to find all their receipts and make up their books and, you know, work out the tax bill. Then the tax bill comes in and it's thousands more than they thought it was going to be and they haven't got the money. And it's it's at a time when tattooing's quiet and it just compounds itself. Whereas having an accountant, we kind of know what's coming up a long time before that, you know, and we've already planned for it and put it to one side. And they find amazing ways of legally saving you money so that you don't have to have a biscuit tin with 20 grand under your bed that you're terrified to bank. You know what I mean? You can actually do it legally because... I've got news for you. A biscuit tin with 20 grand under your bed is useless to anybody because you can't spend that money in any meaningful way. Like It's not worth it, you know. Long gone, long gone in them days. I would give the same advice to you if you're running a tattoo studio. The first possible opportunity, I would get yourself a good accountant because certainly for my studio, they saved me a fortune, an absolute fortune on stuff that I didn't even know I could claim for in ways that I didn't know I could claim for it. You know, that's... That's just mad. What I, didn't I would say know is that I if could, you get an you know? accountant, make sure that you have a, a good relationship with said accountant. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want to make sure you get, you know, a good accountant. You know, um, what I like about, you know, my guy, uh, Steve, is that uh, he used to be a tax inspector. Ah, so he knows his shit. Like. He knows it from both sides, you know, so it's really good. So it's uh, it's really, really excellent. So 
that would be my advice for uh, you guys starting out as self-employed tattooists. Um, first thing to understand is, you know, you're in charge of everything now. And, you, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff that is, is not going to be okay. If you get sick, uh, you're not going to work. And um, if you don't work, you don't earn. If you don't earn, then you can't pay your bills. If you can't pay your bills, then your life, like any normal human being, you're not going to be a millionaire. We've told you that a couple of weeks ago. Like any normal human being, you get unforeseen bills and it can become yep. problematic very, very quickly. And you need to get in front of that stuff and yep. act on it before it becomes a problem. Yes. You know, put those things in place so that you... And, you know, it might seem, oh, like, I can't do this now, Paul. It's a lot. £5,000 is a lot of money. I'm like, okay, save hundred save £100 a month until you got it. At least you're moving towards it, right? You know, and it's better to be moving towards it than not doing anything about it and just hoping that nothing bad is ever going to happen because... You know, yeah. bad shit happens to people sometimes, you know? And it's oh, that's yeah. just one of them things. And what you don't want to do is find yourself out of work for six weeks and then when you come back, you ain't got any business at all and you ain't got anywhere to live and all that sort of stuff. So get in front of it and there's only you to help you, you know, and save some money. The other thing about that is um, people who are broke make bad decisions. So if you're sitting there in the studio and you've you've got, your rent and, and and all your bills covered for a couple of months, and somebody comes in to have, I don't know, a portrait of the Queen with a cock coming out of her ear on their throat, you'll probably turn that tattoo down. If you ain't even got enough money for a pot noodle, you know, and you're not going to eat this evening, and you haven't eaten for the last two days, that tattoo looks all right all of a sudden. I, I'm not being funny. I probably would do that tattoo because he would look funny. Yeah. Well, like. <laughs> you just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I mean, like, fuck it. I think if you're running a shop, all that, advice uh, stands. I think you got to do all the same sort of stuff. Obviously, you know mm. that if you're running the shop, you're responsible for everybody who's working in there as a tattoo artist. If if you don't um, keep the shop open, you, you affect five other people who lose, lose their livelihoods, right? So you got a bit more pressure on you. I think as well. Um, sorry, can I, But I think all that advice is the same. Go on. I, one thing I will say, and this is something that we've done. Now, we've gone from... And, and, and this is only if you're in a position where you can do it. You're like, obviously, we're in a situation where... Bills are going up and so on. So if you are one person that owns a studio and there's a load of artists working for you, the artists that are working for you are not making as much money and the, you're potentially not getting as much money off them, whereas, because your costs are yeah. living to go up, they're going to be less inclined to pay you more money if you decide to put up the hourly rate and to get more money and so on. So um, splitting up and doing a collective, yeah. like what we've done. You know, there's three of us in the studio we split all the bills equally. Yeah. We all put money into a pot and we know like each month, each week we all bang money in and that covers everything for us. Yeah. All our bills, our accountancy fees, it, it covers everything. Like it, um, kitchen roll and, and all that. The safety stuff. in numbers principle, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like a few of you get together and yeah. do that. And that's really good. But if you're in my position where, you know, you own the studio and the guys work there, um, one of the things I would say to you during a period where um, things are quieter, uh, maybe there's a bit of a downturn for a little while, uh, the first thing I would look at is I'd walk into my storeroom and I'd make sure that we kept the stock levels really low because, you know, all that sort of stuff, you don't need, you know, acres and acres of stuff uh, and, and all that sitting in the stock room. Particularly, you know, with something like ink, you know, imagine you get five grand's worth of ink and then we have another, you have another oh, pandemic. Yeah. 
and uh, and you have to throw out five grand's worth of ink that's now gone out of date, right? You know, which is which is painful. Believe me, I've uh, done we it. We buy gloves in bulk. We do. I mean, buying in so bulk. So that's one thing that we do because it's it, it saves us money. I'm, yeah, don't get me wrong. Buying in bulk is is a good idea. Like, don't buy a box of gloves. Buy a case of gloves because you're going to get through them. But don't buy ten cases of gloves. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> we buy fucking we buy like ten cases. Yeah, but I mean, you guys know you're getting through them. But if you're not if you're not getting a lot of footfall, you would stop buying ten cases of gloves because you're getting through you're getting through them because you're oh, working yeah. right. So just keep an eye on. Your but we stock also level, know, you know what I mean. And um, if you're the shop owner, it's good to have that. You know, like the 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 couple of months worth of all the bills covered so that. Uh, because I think what happens with shop owners is that as all the bills go up, if you've if you've got no safety net, um, you can go from being a very good boss to not a very good boss very quickly yes. just from anxiety and stress. Okay. Everybody's leaving the lights on everywhere and you you know you can't <clears> afford the electric bill. Then all of a sudden, you, you know, you rip somebody's head off for that and they're like, what have I done? I've, I've, I've always done it. We've had the telly and the stereo on. So I can't afford this. You know, like, so having that, bank of money behind you, that does help alleviate that a little bit, you know, and it makes, because the last thing you want to do is is make fruit from your own stress and worry is make a bad working environment for everybody, you know, because you've got to remember that, you know, um, a happy studio yeah. is top down. If you're not happy, your staff aren't going to be happy either because if you're walking around with a face like thunder, pissed off all day because you're worried yeah. about stuff, then they're going to get worried as well. So, you, you know, we have to lead by example, unfortunately. Can I... Um, leave all that shit at the door. One thing I want to say, but my opinion always, has always been, if you are a studio owner, if you decide to open up a tattoo studio, then you should make sure that what you yeah. earn covers everything. And then anytime you have another artist in there, that is a Brucey bonus for you. Because I've often, over the years, seen tattoo artists who are studio, who are studio owners kind of complaining, oh my God, you know, I can't afford this and I can't afford that yeah. because like maybe their artists aren't earning enough money. And I'm like, you shouldn't rely on them. Yeah. You should be able to run your shop without, without, without them at all. And then any additional income you get from people that work in your studio is, is just a brutal bonus. And that also then puts you in a position where you can afford to make sure that you're giving the people that work in your shop, you know, a very decent fair yeah kind of not wage but percentage or booth rent and so on because like one thing i will say and this is from experience if the people that work for you are not happy they're gonna fucking leave yeah and and you have to you know you do have to think about that you know you do do definitely have to think about it i ended up doing that by accident because when i set up my studio it was initially the idea was it was going to be just for me and i was going to leave my stuff in there and as i was traveling backwards and forwards that that's what i'd be doing but um, and then as the guys have kind of turned up, it's turned into a completely different thing. But we still run the business so that what I earn covers the bills and everything else is just what the guys are earning. So I, I don't have to be on at them, on at them every day for working. I can support them in their, you know, artistic endeavours and all that sort of stuff. And I think it makes for a better working environment, you know. It's just food for thought, really. Um, and so I can't think of any other advice other than, you know, uh, save some money, get some money behind you, get an accountant, get private health care, uh, keep your stock levels low, don't buy any shit that you don't need. Don't be a... <laughs> <laughs> so with that, guys, uh, this has been, uh, I hope, food for thought. I hope that it's given you a couple of ideas. Hopefully, maybe it's steadied your nerves for the, for the coming few months that are likely to be a little bit awkward for all of us in the world of tattooing. And uh, I hope you're looking at it with a little bit more positivity. 
don't panic it'll be okay everything will be all right we just got to keep calm and carry on and so with that this has been that tattoo show i've been paul and i've been chris tell the lawyer tell the judge tell the priest uh tell the people in the comments we'll be here every sunday slinging tattoo advice every week <laughs> see you next week guys take care Ta -ta. <laughs> <laughs>